Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargoyle. And with me once again are Daniel and Tim. Hey, everybody. Hello, everybody. <laughs> that was Tim and Daniel, respectively. <laughs> and tonight, we uh, this is our second episode of our Chattanooga Film Fest coverage. Yes. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the last one. No. Where we rambled a lot about some short films. Uh, yes. Which was, I think, a lot of fun. No. Is that all you're going to say the entire night? Yes. <laughs> so no other words. No. So what you're saying is I'm going to have to phrase all of my questions in either a yes or a no style question. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Are you enjoying this? No. <laughs> Actually, yes. Yes, I am. I love hating you guys. Uh, all right, so tonight we're talking about the uh, the various talks that we saw. So not the not the films, but some of the other events from the Chat Film Fest. Um, the socio-political themes in horror, um, which was done by Izzy Lee. Paperbacks from Hell, which was dude whose name I should have pulled up before I started doing this. Grady Hendrix, I think. We'll go with Grady Hendrix. Grady, if that's not your name, um, we're sorry. We do not do our research before we start recording. But Tim's looking it up in the book now. Even though I missed your talk, which I really hate that I missed. And then the end with uh, Joe Bob Briggs, Everything is Exploitation. Um, so as Tim is looking for that, I'm going to just keep just rambling on. Grady Hendrix. Daniel Grady Hendrix. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, so... So last time we talked a lot about like why we love the Film Fest in terms of seeing movies that you don't really have a chance to see. And so this is uh, sort of continuing with that of an experience that you don't really get. Like most of the movies that we're playing did either have the director or some actors there to talk about it. And a lot of times like that's what made my decision is will someone be there to talk about it? Am I going to get an experience that I wouldn't see just by watching it on Netflix in a few months? So, like, going to these talks and actually hearing uh, hearing someone talk about whatever the topic was in depth is definitely an experience that you get from the Film Fest that, yeah, maybe if you listen to a podcast you can get some of it, but just not that same sort of personal connection with them going through the content. Um, so, let's start with the uh, sociopolitical themes um, in horror by Izzy Lee. And, Tim, you talked a little bit last time about um, about going up and thanking her for making movies and uh, just the inspiration that she is. That was your cue to respond. Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, well, okay, so Izzy Lee, not only is she a filmmaker, but she's also a journalist. And one thing about, that you have to understand is like, there's a very fine line about... Um, having your artistic integrity and your journalistic integrity, like keeping them kind of in the same wheelhouse without alienating so many of your viewers and or readers. One thing I really like about Izzy Lee is she is outspoken, but passionately outspoken. And so um, you have to kind of, um, you have to kind of remember that she's in an industry in both in both manners with being a director of film but also being a female journalist 
that it is a super difficult medium on both ends of the spectrum to uh, to work through as a female. Like you have to be strong in your in your passion because otherwise you're going to get stepped on and walked all over. Um, one of my favorite things, uh, one of my favorite stories I've ever read uh, that I read that was from Izzy Lee. Uh, wasn't really a story. It was something that happened to her. She was at the she was at the Chattanooga Film Festival, um, and she's with her husband, whom, from what I understand, her husband like follows her around everywhere. And this is what made me a huge fan of her. Uh, a, another filmmaker came up to her and her husband and was like, "Oh, what movie do you have playing here?" And just completely discounted her. And now I know the filmmaker who said this. Okay. But just completely discounted the fact that, like, she was standing there and didn't even acknowledge, you know, you know, didn't say hi to her or anything. Right. And she spoke up, which is her personality, to say, you know, actually, I'm the one with the film here. This is just my husband. He's here with me (laughs) because he supports her. Like, he... I've never met the man. Um, I'm sure he was there with her this year, but he is just there to support her, which is fantastic. I think that's what every married couple should do is like, if your husband or wife is doing something that they're passionate about, then support them. Uh, And the guy just gave her like a blank stare and almost just dismissed completely the fact that she spoke up for herself and said, you know, and he just looked at him and was like, so do you have a movie here to the husband again? Like just completely discounted it. But in her passionate ways, you know, she's just like, really? Like, and she she put the dude on blast, which every right to do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we don't live in a world and or a society where we should look at, you know, everybody, you know, females for so long have fought to be, you know, right there, the same, like, look at me the same way as men. Like, no longer is a woman's place, I'm using the air quotes, uh, the same as it was back in the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, and so far back now, you know. Um, in our household, it's very much everything is a team effort. It's not just like Tim does and my wife just sits off to the side and is like, you know, she just keeps her mouth shut. No, no, no. If Tim does and he does something <laughs> wrong. Except for the times where she's like, Tim, do. Yeah, like and when she tells me to do, then she sits off to the side and just watches. But <laughs> it's giggling. The fact of the matter is, like, to me, Izzy Lee is just a fantastic, outspoken, passionate. Like, you may not always like what she has to say. I mean, there's times where, you know, some people may overstep their bounds in that. But I do respect the hell out of what she does. Um, especially, like, you know, and I always say this, I always bring this up. When you have kids and you want your kids to have role models in their life where they can, uh, you can tell them, you know, you know, mommy or daddy knows this person and has met this person, but has also seen what this person does. And they can speak volumes about that person's character and that person's personality. It gives your kids something to kind of like be hopeful for. So it's like one day if my kid ever came to me and said, hey, dad, I want to direct movies is there any female female directors out there that you know that you could like show me their work to give me inspiration or to sure here's Izzy Lee and then here's the lady who did Wonder Woman and then here's Betty this Jenkins. person and 
Abby Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins. You know, and I can just I could go on and on and on, and it's nice to know that there are these ladies out there. And I know I'm gushing. I've gushed the last podcast <laughs> and this podcast now about about this certain female director, but it's because I actually met her and I followed her work. I know I love anthology movies, and I hate the fact that I missed all the creatures are stirring. And I know that it was directed by a female director and I wanted to see it so bad. Was it co-directed? Yeah, it was, um, it was two of the people actually who do the, uh, shockwaves podcast. Oh, okay. Who's, whose names I'm drawing a complete blank on right now, because that's what I do when I start recording is not my homework, but it's, but you know, I'm one of those people that every year I seek out one or two people to get to talk to, uh, uh this, uh, the year before that, uh, Andre Gower and Ryan, um, David and Rebecca McKendry were the two that did all the creatures for stirring. Yes. So, you know, a married couple who did a movie together. So, what do you think? What did you think of the talk? Like, well, so speak uh, about the, how the talk went. Yeah. So that one, uh, it was actually one of the ones that I was really looking forward to because. Socio-political themes and horror is something that I'm really interested in. Um, and, like, when I watch horror movies, it's not just, oh, what's, like, why is it scary? Or um, or even just, like, ah, blood and guts. Like, when I watch horror movies, I love digging into them and really looking at not only what does it represent, but what is it trying to say? Um, you know, what is it trying to shine a light on? What is it trying to reflect? Like, just all of these things that most people don't watch horror movies for. Cliff notes, Nathan was a psych major. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In case I haven't said that often enough, uh, I, I was a psych major. So, like, that is just one of the things that I love so much about horror movies. And and you can, you can watch horror on a lot of different levels. But... Um, but yeah, uh, Izzy was going into just all of the different areas in terms of looking at racism and sexism and the role of war and um, losing one's mind, and so just all of these different, all of these different issues that when I watch horror, like that is one of the main things that I'm looking for, and and like she she knew her stuff. One of the things that one of the things that kind of sucked was there was a little bit of technical issues. Um, just in terms of getting things started, and so there was a late start. So I had to leave a few minutes early to catch the next film. But, like, I really wanted to see all of it. I wanted to... Like, there were a few movies that she had to skip past in terms of the examples that she was talking about. Um, But, like, she definitely knew her stuff. And there are so many people at the film fest that I wish that I could have met, but I am also an introvert. And sometimes, like, just going up and talking to someone cold, like, hey, you did this thing, I really enjoy this thing, let me tell you all of the reasons why, and, like, why I respect you for what you've done, tends to come out like, hi, I'm Nathan. (laughs) Okay, bye. I wish that that was an exaggeration. But, no, like, a lot of the times when I'm trying to meet someone, that's how it comes across. Um, And, like, I'm aware of that, and I don't want to be, like, that weird guy who just like walks up and stares at a person. So most of the time it's just like, I, hmm, yeah. ah, crap. But Izzy is definitely one of the people that I hate that I didn't talk to. Uh, hopefully next year I'll be like, oh, Izzy, here are all of the things that I can say like an intellectual person and have like a real discussion with you. But like I also know that uh, the people who are there 
wonderful, very nice people have a ton of stuff to do. Yeah. And, like, I would want to sit down for, like, two hours and talk horror and talk about, like, why does this movie represent this? You know, when we're looking at this issue, you know, what do you think about why the director chose this direction rather than this? So, like, I would want to have that conversation. And she might just be like, yeah, that's great. Um, I have to go do a thing. So... She did mention one movie that I had never heard of that I put on my list, uh, Sugar Hill. That one looks amazing. It says, meet Sugar Hill and her zombie hitmen. <laughs> yeah, so, like, even with that one, like, I wanted to have a, a fuller discussion because it was black exploitation, but it was also uh, looking at gender roles. And so, you know, like, where's that overlap between the dynamics of, um, of gender roles and race roles and stereotypes? Like... Yeah, I, I just... There are many people that I hate that I didn't talk to, and she is absolutely one of them. Um, yeah, the, the movies that she had and the issues that she was addressing, mm-hmm. I, I think were great, and I need to read more of her stuff. I caught a little bit of the talk. I, I was just sitting in the back for a little bit, but I, I didn't have to leave early, too. Yeah, and that that is one of the good-slash-bad things about the film fest, the good thing is there's so much to do. Well, it was mostly worked out this year, though. The bad thing Whereas is before it was so much. To everything do. was overlapping in years past, but yeah. on this one, for the most part, it was like, okay, these three things, whether it be a movie or a talk, are happening during this block of time. Yeah, that block I think worked so much better. There were only like one or two overlaps, and even those. And it, and you re- and I really didn't notice that there were a lot less things there than in years past either. Yeah, it I mean, wasn't it, it wasn't really noticeable. Oh, it still felt like a <clears throat> super full fest. I mean, like e- even though there was uh, one night where I went to go get uh, coffee with um, William from the Knox War Fest and uh, Brian from BFF Girls and uh, and a few other people. Like even though one of those nights it was all right, we're skipping a movie to go do this thing. It still felt like I was running from thing to thing to thing. Not because the schedule was so packed, but just because... I, I've said this the last two years. During the film fest, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. And so I am just like, I need to absorb all of it into my <laughs> eyes. Uh, but, but yeah, I really enjoyed her talk. Um, and I, she seems like the type of person who would be willing to talk more. Yeah. I'm just awkward. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I uh, really enjoyed that one. Just wish there had been more. Uh, Alright, so next we have Paperbacks from Hell. So the Paperbacks from Hell. It's funny. Uh, I happened upon this book because someone posted a photo of it on Instagram. I was like, what is this? And I'm always up for, you know, here's a book about blah, blah, blah that I don't know anything about. Um, especially if it's a sort of a list-based book, obviously. <laughs> that sounds so unlike you. And and this one is all about the... I mean, it, it is about the contents of the books, too, but it's, it's, it's like a, a broad study on the, the old horror paperback books from the 60s through 96-ish, which was kind of when it died. Um... And uh, the talk was by uh, an author named Grady Hendrix, who, in addition to, I mean, this is just something he knows a a lot about and did a book about, but he is a a horror novelist, too. He's got other books on uh, Amazon. One that Chris was talking about is called A Horror Store, 
and it's spelled without an E at the end with the little two dots above the O. It's set up like an Ikea catalog, but they're little horror stories. You know, I feel like I saw that at McKay's a while ago, and it's like, that looks really interesting. This one looks like an old VHS cover. It's called uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism. (laughs) Uh, so he's got several uh, novels, uh, and actually I was skimming down through here. He has a, an illustrated comic adaptation of Louisa May Alcott's Little Women called Little Women, L-I-L-W-I-M-M-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> that looks uh, almost Peanuts-esque. Yeah, a little bit. So anyway, the uh, paperbacks from hell, <clears throat> he went... You know, decade by decade, starting in the 60s. His format, you know, he kind of grouped... Well, he talked about this first uh, book that he found in at a convention somewhere. It's called... I don't know if I can get it to pull up here. The Little People. They are... Fascinating. There are... Uh, little leprechauns they look like leprechauns with uh nazi swastikas on their arm with whips <laughs> um but there was some a really long explanation as to what they actually were but anyway that was his sort of introduction into the world i think finding that book um but during the talk he kind of had everything grouped to like here's the you know all the paperbacks that feature skeletons on the cover or evil dolls on the cover or knife wielding killer crabs or was there more than one <laughs> yeah wow. satanic children haunted real estate um all kinds of things like that then he gets to london <laughs> and he i took a picture uh there he had a a giant like illustrated map of uh england uh, that was annotated with all the different books, like this one had killer crabs in, in this city. Don't go here. This one had this in this city. And I mean, the whole map was covered. He was like, just don't go to England. It sucks. I was about to say, is there anywhere safe in England? <laughs> yeah, he was like, if you have a trip planned after this talk in England, cancel it. It sucks there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, his delivery of the speech was, it was, it was really quick, really fast. And, you know, he was, he was trying to be humorous a little bit too. Even saying a part of it at <laughs> one part, he had. Uh, I can't. I missed that. I can't remember what he called it. Um, but he talked a lot. He talked a lot about The Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby, and I forget the name of the third book. But he said after those three books, that's when the the horror uh, novel boom was, and a lot of little publishers, you know. I mean, there were there were some publishers doing you know a title a month, like they just had anything coming out. Well, and the books that he talks about, I, I, I hate that I missed it. Um, I did catch part of him on NPR, like uh, they had him talking oh, about okay. the book, so knew a little bit about it. But one of the things that's so fascinating to me is the covers and how they relate to the actual books. Oh yeah, cuz sometimes the like I think the one you had Christmas babies doesn't even have babies in it. Yeah, it's back there somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's got three little babies that look almost like it's alive babies. Um and I just picked it up yesterday so I've not had a chance to read it, but like when you see these covers, there is no way anyone who is even a remote fan of horror could see <laughs> these covers and not be like, "Oh my god, I have to have this book." 
Like, they, they just look so... I'm going to say great. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. And he but... didn't just talk about the novel, the horror novels that we would know, Dean Koontz and mm. Stephen King. And uh, he talked about V.C. Andrews. Uh, he talked about a lot of ones that you don't know anything about, but he told you things that you didn't know, you know, things... <sighs> He talked about them in terms of, you know, giving them props, kind of like you would with a, a cult movie, a movie that you that wasn't popular when it came out, but is is garnering recognition now, mm-hmm. where some of these novelists should find some of that. Hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So um, you said that afterwards you went up and talked to him. <laughs> with your list yeah. of were these books that you have no no these are books that I've just made a list of like if I go to McKay's or okay. use bookstores to, to look for or whatever some <laughs> of them maybe just based on the cover but some of them you know sounded interesting enough to read um, so I mean I'll, he, he was straight up about some of them he's like don't read that one it sucks don't read that one it's it's really misogynistic don't, don't read that one <laughs> did, did he uh, give a recommendation on which one to start with, like which one is the not necessarily best, but of that list of twenty six, I think that you said. Um, he talked up a few um, horror novels. One of them that he said is getting a re release is by the, uh, the Auctioneer, I think is what it's called. Uh, anything by Ken Greenhall. Um. Bloodworm by John Halkin. Um, Is that like Dune? Just giant worms <laughs> jumping through the blood. Uh, let's see. The Drive-In by Joe R. Lansdale. Kill, the Kill Riff is the one he said is misogynistic, so not to read it. <laughs> <laughs> the Farm by Richard H-A-I-G-H. I don't know how to say that. Hague? I, I guess. Toy, I'm... Toy Cemetery by William W. Johnstone. He said that one is totally apeshit. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was it was it was funny because it was a book that I just literally read within the past six months, and I basically got a running commentary <laughs> on the entire <laughs> book. <laughs> so that was an interesting uh, experience. Plus, like I said, he's a novelist too, so I can go check out some of the books. Plus, one of the films that we ended up catching, he co-wrote, uh, Mohawk. Mohawk. Yeah. yeah. So that was interesting. To you know, he was kind of there for a little bit of everything. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to Mohawk in a couple of episodes. That one, there were a lot of things that I really enjoyed about it, but we'll get there. Mohawk was. Uh... Uh, if you're local, I know when the fest was going on, they had the book at the Hamilton Place Mall, like on the end cap. Because he said he was going to try to go there that night to do some signings or whatever. But um, so if you're local, you might still be able to find it local. Otherwise, it is on Amazon. That's called Paperbacks from Hell. Yep, it's like fourteen bucks. So. Total, totally worth it. Yeah. One. All right, this is going to sound very um, juvenile, I guess, but I mean it in a much more cultured way than what I'm about to say. It has a lot of pictures in it. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, it's about the covers of these books for the most part. He does talk about the content and how a lot of it relates, you know, to the times and, like, publishers trying to just put out as much product as they could. Um, 
But, I mean, it is about the artwork, too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, and and like, it does talk about some of the artists in the book, too. Like, it'll do a little one-page feature on, you know, the career of that person, because a lot of them stayed around for a long time. Yeah, and the uh, the juvenile side of that was more on my part, of just, there's pictures, I like it. <laughs> but the, the more mature culture piece was, like, even just flipping through the copy that you had, like, it is a really well-put-together book in oh, terms yeah. of, you know, like, high-quality images, not just... You know, like, not just like scanned in uh, black and white. Like, looking through it, it's like, I, I am fascinated just on a cursory glance. Um, so, I don't know, like, if he somehow was able to get, like, the original artwork for some of them, because some of them look a some lot better quality. He probably did, because there's at least one that I can think of, and I think it's called The Farm. He had an alternate cover that didn't get used. Hmm. So, I'm assuming he talked specifically to the artist about it. Uh, and he had like I think there was a sketch too of like a pre- preliminary sketch to, of of that same image. Yeah. So regardless of whether or not you like horror or <laughs> literature or art, um, if you just or, like behind the scenes things like on DVDs and stuff, it's that's kind of what you're getting. Yeah. So definitely need to check that one out. All right. So that brings us to the uh, the last talk that um, that any of us were able to make it to. Joe Bob Briggs. Everything is exploitation. And uh, un- unfortunately, neither of you were able to make it to that. But it was Joe Bob, and both of you have seen Joe Bob before, so that's probably what we're going to focus on talking about, anyways. Because the content of it, while great and hilarious and fantastic and very Joe Bobian, doesn't matter. Like if you're able to see Joe Bob at all, he could be talking about recipes for pancakes, <laughs> and somehow he's still going to make it entertaining. Uh, this time the content was on how everything is exploitation cinema because the whole reason or the um, like what makes something exploitation is doing it for money and since you're making movies for money literally everything is exploitation uh, there was a pretty big section about Mae West did, did he play Jubilation T. Cornpone again? He did not. He did make, I he meant did to, make a reference. I meant to mention that to Becca again just to get it in her head. He did make a reference at some point to um, to Cornpone, I think. <laughs> but no, he did not play it. I'm trying to think. There, there weren't really any of those uh, earworm songs yeah. this time. Um, this is the third time that I've seen him, and I'm pretty sure that he's been there every single year. I don't know if he was there the first year or not, but... Well, I mean, Chris... Uh, he's Chris been every Dorch, year that we've been. Yeah, Chris Dorch, like, keeps talking about how he is the patron saint of the Chattanooga Film Festival. And, I mean, I could see that in terms of, even though during his talks Joe Bob makes fun of a lot of movies, it is also done with a lot of love, and, like, he keeps talking about how... You know, cinema is cinema, and regardless of if it's highbrow or lowbrow, like, the fact that it exists is is wonderful. And then he will go on talking about how some movies are complete and total crap, uh, which which I love. <laughs> He's uh, always, always very entertaining. Um, so, uh, Tim, you were able to catch him the last couple of years. Uh, what, what, what are some of your thoughts because Daniel and I have been monopolizing this episode. My thoughts on... Joe Bob. Just in general. Because you weren't able to make us talk this time. Um, I mean, I'm a fan of Joe Bob from back in Monster Vision days. And 
the trailer park that he used to sit in, like the little studio set thing. Uh, Joe Bob is one of those people who he respects movies. Uh, he respects the stuff that most people would like. He looks at them kind of the same way as we do. Like people are like, oh, that's a terrible movie. And he's like, you're not looking at it in the right light though. Like he gives you a different way to look at things. Um, but he doesn't pull any punches. That's for sure. Uh, he's uh, for as long as he's been doing it. Um, I don't think if I was a director and Joe Bob ever threw one of my movies into one of his talks, I would be like honored. Yeah, uh, you know, it's almost like Weird Al Yankovic. You know, he pans all this stuff, but that's because he respects the music, so he does it. You know, it's like why wouldn't you allow him to do it? You should be like, oh my god, <laughs> he's doing one of my songs. <laughs> But, well, and that's just the way I feel about Joe Bob is, I mean, he, a movie that we'll talk about later on, he introduced it. So I didn't get to, I didn't like miss out on him talking about movies in general, but he literally went back to the, to the Monster Vision days of, uh, you know, he gave it the, the Joe Bob, uh, drive in. Yeah. Uh, like how many kills. Breakdown. How many, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, <clears throat> it's. Something again, it's just something you have to experience to really understand why it's such a it's something to talk about. Well, and he is just insanely knowledgeable about the stuff. I don't know how much of what he knows about movies just he has in the back of his head, and how much he spends like hours and hours and hours actually preparing the stuff. I'd like to think that it's a combination. You know, I'd like to think that he just already knows everything, but then has to sit down and gather his thoughts rather than all right, I need to go spend like the next few months actually researching this and finding it out. I'd, I'd like to think that any film topic, he's like, yep, here's all these movies and here's all this stuff, but... The man obviously not. has to have knowledge, that much knowledge of it before. I mean, to sit down and to even be like, where would a good starting point for this be? You know, just to, just to have that much knowledge to be like, well, I could start it at this angle or this angle or this angle and just to do the rundown but um yeah the last year's talk and was it the year before that that he did jubilation t corpone yeah with the redneck saved hollywood yeah uh you know uh, that i mean it sticks with us we still talk about it to this day (laughs) well and he has a way like even though we love movies and um like background information for us is probably more enjoyable than for other people he has a way of taking just knowledge and making it fun. So, like, even when he was talking about, like, the history of Tennessee last year, and it took a while till he got to some movies, it was still just like, I am fascinated. I never knew this about Tennessee. I never knew that that little, like, notch up at the top left corner, why that exists. And so you learn something, and then also just laugh Learning is fun! And knowledge is power. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know how much more else there is to say just because it's the third year that we've talked about it. I feel like we could probably just gush on Joe Bob a lot. Not how I meant that. <laughs> yeah. Phrasing. <laughs> he means eat gushers over Joe Bob. I always said Nathan was a squirter. <laughs> Why do I ask you to be on this? <laughs> I've made very few jokes. It's true. So far. <laughs> very few offensive jokes, mind you. It's true. 
Although last time we did talk about demon dicks a lot. Um, <laughs> Not that much. Yeah. I mean, it was there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't deny the fact. It's always we, there. We was. It was in <laughs> your face. Always. You couldn't ignore it. It's always there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Bob is just one of those people that anytime you have a chance to see him, see him, oh, um, he did make an announcement that I don't know if Shutter's going to be doing a yeah. marathon thing for him, yeah. Yeah, Shutter's going to be doing a marathon, so he's kind of being brought back, but not like for a new season, but kind of because it's an all-day thing. I think what's going to happen is Shutter's going to bring him back. They're going to see how it goes, see if they get more people buying into it and stuff, which I'm going to resubscribe just to watch it. And and then it'll be... It's like you'll get to see it, you'll get to enjoy it for the day, and then all of a sudden it's going to be like, well, we got like 50 million new people subscribing <laughs> to the channel for this. So, And I can imagine that he would bring that much business too. I mean, if he's willing to go back into it, I can imagine him bringing that much. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. He makes movies more fun. Yes. All right. Um, any last thoughts on the talks or just other CFF experiences outside of movies that you don't get in terms of uh, in terms of this episode? Because again, we still have several episodes that you get to hear us <laughs> ramble on about movies. Yeah. Enjoy enjoy drinking while you watch your movie. Just don't get the beer everywhere. Yeah. Good talk, Joe Bob and Izzy Lee and. Grady Hendrix. Grady Hendrix. Uh, read them, listen to them, catch them if you have a chance. And that's been it for this episode of the Gargoyle Podcast. Um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, just do a search for the Gargoyle. Uh, you can find links to all of my social media as well as past episodes at gargoylereviews.blogspot.com. Um, and you can find my blog at It Stinks. At tfrady.wordpress.com. Um, the name of it is It Stinks. So uh, it's a very critical broadcast that I do where I basically just talk about the same crap we talk about on here. But not all movies stink, but I just took it from something else and loved it so much that I was like, I'll use it. So. <laughs> The, the comparisons are accurate. Yeah, I mean, I do look like John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs> you look like the cartoon version of John Lovitz. <laughs> that I do. Uh, so, yes, if you've been enjoying the last couple episodes, make sure to keep coming back for the rest of our CFF coverage. And Because uh, we got a lot more to say. Oh, man, and they're only going to get better. Like, we're kind of working up towards uh, our favorites of the weekend. So, keep coming back. And if you're bored, um, don't be bored. That's, that's it. Well, play with your phone while you're listening to this. Play yeah. with yourself while you're listening to this. <laughs> we play with our phones while we record it. So, uh, and I play with myself while we record it. So. <sighs> Why do I ask you on? <laughs> so, that's it's it. It's your house. You can tell me to stop. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Then you just start playing with something else. All right, we're going to stop this before it gets even worse. <laughs> Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.